You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, This is Mark Holcraft as your host this morning, and I keep saying it, but I'm loving seeing the sunshine, and I hope wherever you are listening in the network, you're also just able to soak in the sun, a little warmth uh, than what we've had these last couple weeks. Uh, If you have missed this morning, we've had a couple of guests, great guests, uh, Monsignor Mike Fultz telling us about this National Prayer Breakfast. It's a national event, but what's happening in Grand Forks, East Grand Forks area. That's on May 5th. Um, And then also, if you uh, missed the last half hour, we had Father David Guffey from Family Theater Productions, absolutely covering some space throughout the network. We just went from Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, I say East Grand Forks with Monsignor Mike, uh, all the way from then to Los Angeles with Father Duffy, okay, which is not in our network, but it's just fun to say. <laughs> and then well, now we travel back to our next guest, Sister Jean Louise Schaefer, who's co- uh, joining us by phone from Rugby, North Dakota. Good morning, Sister Jean. How are you? Good morning. I am wonderful. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Happy Easter to you, too. Uh, It's good to be reminded of it, and we need to be reminded of it. We, I think we're hyper aware of the length of Lent, and just good to be reminded. Easter's longer. It's better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sister, uh, can you tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, and even uh, your community, if you would. Okay. I'm a, a North Dakota girl. I grew up in a Flasher, North Dakota, on a farm, and I had a wonderful family. My family loved the church. My parents loved Jesus, of course, loved God, and loved the church, and somehow communicated it to us that we um, are members of the family of God. When I was in high school, I got involved in the search program. That was a long time ago, <laughs> out in Richardson. And then uh, subsequently in other parts of the Bismarck Diocese, we've had the searches. Then I started working in um, Fargo Diocese, actually as in, at Lakota, at high school in Lakota. And God called me, and I finally said yes. So in 1980, I entered the Franciscan Sisters of Dillingham in Hankinson. So I've been there, been a part of that, this wonderful community since then. Sister, no, um, Franciscan Sisters of Dillingen, what is Dillingen? Is, I mean, is... Yes, Dillingen is the city in Germany where our community was founded. Okay. In, 12, in 1241, just about 15 years after St. Francis died, a group of barefooted women, it says in our chronicle, uh, got together and wanted to live together, praise God, and praise and pray together and do good work. So they started out doing a home nursing and taking care of each other and taking care of the poor in the city of Dillingen. And from there, our community uh, came over to North Dakota in Minnesota, actually, in 1913. So we've, we've celebrated 100 years already in the U.S., and um, our headquarters of our community, of, of this province of the Dillingham Franciscans, is in Hankinson, North Dakota. And how long have they been in Hankinson? 
They've been in Hankinson since 1928. Since 1928. We had a boarding school there for 40 years. And in the last um, 15 years, we have converted that boarding school into a retreat center, which is in the big mother or provincial house building. So now we have uh, are able to use it for hundreds of people who come to enjoy the facilities and have a time away. And it does get used. I mean, it's a busy place. Sister, yes, I, had, I, I had mentioned to you on, on the break, I, you know, you and I had met before through some youth ministry uh, events yes. years ago, and I know um, that retreat site was, it is a popular place, not just for um, retreats per se, or youth retreats, um, but I had heard about it regularly, even from some of the seminarians or some of the priest friends who would like to go there for just making personal retreats. Um, and right. So, you mentioned 1928, so you'll be coming up on your 100 years in Hankinson uh, as a community pretty soon. And that, that will come before we know it. Before we know it. <laughs> so we just started talking about it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. We, there it is. We can say real presence live. We started talking about it. Your 100 years is coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, sister, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued. You know, you made your comment. These, these women decided to live a life. Uh, soon after the life of St. Francis that were barefoot. And that's that's where we get the word discalced from. So we hear discalced yes. uh, religious communities. Discalced just means barefoot or without shoes. Um, right, right. Signifying its, its simplicity, but also clearly a sacrifice. Well, thank, thank you yes. for your yes um, to being a Franciscan. Um, yes. I love being a sister. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Praise God. I love it. Thanks for sharing it. Um, you know, I was going to ask, what's your favorite part of being a sister? Well, I think community life is the is my favorite part. And the fact that all of us have one uh, goal, the goal uh, to get to heaven, and we want to help each other on our way to heaven. I know that in, a, in any community, there are diverse, many diverse personalities, but we have at the bottom of our um, life the idea of getting to heaven and helping each other, not only those we live with, but all of those we encounter in whatever way we serve. So, and Sister, I, um, I want to go back to a little bit, you shared earlier just a quick comment of, uh, you kind of shared briefly your story of becoming a religious but I wonder, mm-hmm. were there any particular, if not events, um, were there moments particular that really spoke to you in regards to the discernment of you becoming a religious sister? Um, you know, you had mentioned that you had gone to a search retreat, um, you know, yeah. and search retreats continue today, most often at the Maryvale Retreat Center in Valley City, but you had attended retreat at a different site, a search retreat. But were there other events or even... Um, moments, whether within your family, that really led to that discernment? Can you speak more about that? Yes, I'd be happy to. I had two great aunts who were sisters at Richardson, Benedictine sisters. Oh, sure. And and I had an aunt who was a Holy Spirit missionary sister in Chicago. And so they were, even though not present physically in our lives, they were very much a part of our lives. And they were 
it was something, an, simply an option in our life. I remember that when my sister and I, my older sister and I, were in first and second grade, we got bride dolls for Christmas, and the next year we got sister dolls for Christmas. Okay. So to me, that was just a, a indication that God is going to call you to something, and we don't know if it's going to be to be a bride, to be a mother, or it's going to be uh, to be a sister, but be open to whatever he's going to call you. So I credit my family, and in our parish, one of the things we did uh, at St. Lawrence Parish in Flasher, North Dakota, one of the things we did was uh, pray the rosary for vocation before every Mass. And, you know, sometimes we can pray and pray and we don't really hear or we don't really know if those prayers are answered, but we know that no prayer is wasted and that God will use them to bring about what he wants done. And out of that beautiful prayer, I believe, came the inspiration for me and also for my brother to um, follow God in the consecrated life. I have a brother who's a diocesan priest in the Bismarck Diocese, uh, Father Dennis Schaefer, and then myself here. So I, I really believe that the community, the parish, supported that location by those prayers. And um, and then there were different events in in college. I know I I was went to Dickinson State to college, and we had a, a active, if small, um, parish on campus. It was called the Catholic Students CSA, Catholic Students Association, and um, and that was very instrumental. We had daily mass and. And um, it was just a, a wonderful home there at the university. And so it was all part of my formation of continuing to support me as I was saying, Lord, what do you want me to do, you know, with my life? That's that's excellent, Sister. I, you know, and you gave a shout out to your parents, but a great credit to your parents just in really making it, as you said, it, it, just a viable option. This is a way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, not making it yeah. seem so extreme or so uh, unordinary, but really, hey, there's marriage and there's religious, and both are incredible avenues to holiness. This this is what the church has taught forever, <laughs> um, but that your yeah. parents embodied that and gave that witness, provided that place and space for you and your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, how many siblings, how many are in your family, sister? There are nine of us um there were nine of us who grew up, and there are plus two in heaven already as, as uh, infants. Awesome. So your parents had 11 children? 11 children. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there, there is something to be said, and we hear about it often, especially in the Midwest, uh, these large Catholic families. You know, in, yes. in those large Catholic families, um, it's not unusual that a vocation, if not more than one vocation, comes from that. Our first guest this morning... Uh, Monsignor Mike Foltz is one of 14 kids, right? Okay. And so there's just something to be said about how, you know, as an offering, you know, the Lord uses these big families and that family, you know, offers a son or a daughter in such a beautiful way um, or more, yeah. you know? Um, I've heard many yeah. parents reflect on it in that regard too, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead, sister. One of our, one of our sisters who, who had originally come from Germany she said to me, 
you know, um, my parents paid, prayed for at least one of their of their daughters to be a sister, but there were five of us girls. They could have prayed for all five yeah. of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, sister, we need to take a break, uh, but when we come back, I'd like to hear more about the specific uh, event that totally ties right into the very thing we're discussing, the Mother-Daughter Day. So stay with us on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Just kind of from a priest's perspective, an interesting thing about the homily is that you know, liturgically, you may, there might be, you know, all sorts of disagreements or emphases in terms of what the content of the homily should be, but everybody agrees that basically it should be a reflection on the readings. So it's not always the place and time to be talking about things that really do need to be spoken about. It's not the, the context. The intention is not necessarily every time that you uh, go to give a homily, it's not, you know, to explicate the, the full magisterium of the church in, in one area or yeah. the other. It's to foster an encounter with the Lord at Mass. Now, there, there's obviously teaching that happens there, um, but we need other means. We need other avenues, and Catholic Radio is a perfect opportunity to get the more nuanced approach, I think, uh, to teaching, to talk about some of the things that maybe even are more of a prudential judgment. There are areas within Catholic teaching in which you can have a, a legitimate conversation about the application of principles. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. I'm joined on phone by Sister Jean Louise Schaefer of the Franciscan Sisters of Dillingen. Uh, Sister Jean, thank you for staying with us. Um, and we have an event coming up that ties right into our conversation in the first part of this segment regarding just vocations and your vocation, uh, the Mother-Daughter Days. Can you tell us about that? Yes. About um, 15 or 18 years ago, a mother brought uh, to the convent uh, four or five, her daughter and four or five other daughters from her parish, and we had a come-and-see experience. And then afterwards, she and I were talking, and she suggested that maybe you should have something for mothers, all the mothers with their daughters, so that all the mothers of these girls could experience this 
as I did. And so that was, from that was born the idea of mother-daughter days. We have a, it's usually a three-day experience. Sometimes it starts on Thursday to, and goes till Saturday. And other events are from Sunday evening until Tuesday afternoon. So we invite them, mothers with their daughters, and sometimes grandmother comes along. And they can pray with us, they can visit, they can play with us, and they can learn. It's a great um, opportunity for these young girls of all ages to have their first experience of religious life with our community. And so we've been doing this since about, I think, 2005, and it's just been a wonderful experience for all involved. That's excellent. And it... You know, sister, it ties into our conversation earlier. You talked about your own story and how uh, your own vocation, what the Lord used, and it was really the just the understanding of an everyday life within the family, your family life experience, your family dynamic. Um, having religious around, it's it, it was in your family. You had three different aunts who uh, were part of some religious vocation, which is so beautiful to hear that. I mean, it, you know, the joke is it's in the family. Well, it, it is in the family. And, and the Holy Spirit's yes. going to use that, right? Um, and so just continuing to make available um, really access, I think. A lot of young people um, just aren't as aware of how accessible religious sisters are, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah. just creating a space for those conversations. Can you give a little insight? What are some of those conversations like? You know, what are some of the regular questions you hear some of these girls, young, maybe you know, maybe they're pre-adolescent um, or they're adolescent teenagers. What are some of the questions that you often hear from them, and what are some of the questions or even concerns that you might hear from parents and from mothers? Very good. Yes, um, they wonder why. The obvious thing: why do you wear black? Why do you wear um, a veil? And we say that, of course, that. It could be black. At one time in our history, it was brown or it was gray. And sure. of course, Franciscans usually wear brown. But um, so, uh, beyond the physical presence of what we wear, um, we want to we want to be there for people to remind them of God. Sometimes I tell them that the only reminder we might be the only reminder of God that they see in a day or in a week. If they're walking down the street and they see a priest wearing a Roman collar, they think of God. And they, the same thing happens when they see religious sisters or brothers. And so that is um, a silent way, like Francis, St. Francis said, preach the gospel at all times and sometimes, if necessary, use words. So that's one of the things we often get questions about that. Sure. But they ask, what is, what is our life like? And we say, well, you know, we live together in community, and we know how it is living in families, that sometimes things go smoothly, and sometimes things don't go so smoothly. But um, at the heart of it is our desire to love everyone whom the Lord puts in our path, and all of those that we cannot see in the world through our prayers. So we know that we have a great influence, not because it's me, but because the Lord called me to live this way of life. 
So that's often a question that we get. And we also have the question about what will you do when you are a sister? What if you don't like to do what you're assigned to do? Well, it may have been in earlier days that, well, we need teachers. So the next six uh, women who come in will be teachers. But it doesn't really go like that anymore because the personal gifts that God gives to each person um, are highly considered in the conversation about what will you do? Where will you serve God now that you are here with us? And so um, one's personal aptitude and even college experience or work experience Uh, It's all taken into consideration, and, you know, the Lord always provides something that we can do uh, to serve His people. Yes. Well, and Sister, I'm I'm just reminded, you know, thank you for giving that, creating that place and space for these uh, girls uh, to encounter. That first encounter with religious sisters is very important. It's, It's a big one. And you're giving them a space to ask questions, you know, even if they're sometimes, uh, you know, the more general questions, even if it's a little bit surfacey, but it's nonetheless, it's good because there's a reason, you know, there's a reason you're wearing uh, the habits that you do and, and it gives witness in a very particular way. And it's, it speaks of a beauty, right? It's pointing to God. Um, so yeah. it, it naturally speaks to a beauty, but then even the deeper questions, you know, as you were talking, I almost wanted to joke, wait, are you saying, sister, that sometimes the religious don't get along with each other? You know, uh, in a humorous <laughs> way, right? Because it, it's family life. You know, as you said, it's family right. life. And and for them to learn, like, it, it's almost um, this a reality check that to enter religious life will not be an escape. You're not going to necessarily right. escape that. And, it's, and that's the gift of community. Um, that's right. Which I, I love that you said that's one of your favorite parts of being a sister is the community, the experience yes. of a community life. Um, another, yeah, go ahead. Uh, another thing that I really like is that uh, we have a schedule of prayer that it may be that I'm not an early riser or it may be that I like to stay up late, but the church has provided us through our community this schedule of prayer and there are blessings in following that community schedule. So it's, it's, um, it's just a wonderful thing. The, the, the bell rings, and we go to prayer, and we have that time to walk there, you know, from our room or office or wherever we are, and um, compose yourself for prayer. And then when you get into chapel, you're ready to praise God and uh, join, especially I'm thinking of the praying the divine office. And, and um, so it's a wonderful thing. Of course, we have the privilege of having Holy Mass in our convent in Hankinson every day. And um, here on the missions where we serve, we have Mass in the parish. So it's wonderful uh, to, to have that regular schedule of prayer and that we're all doing it and supporting each other on the way. We need it, don't we? We, we need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sister, before we run out of time, because we, uh, we only have a few minutes left, uh, how can our listeners sign up for Mother Daughter Days? Okay. There are two different ways that, that uh, would be helpful. One of them is on our website, ND Franciscans, so I'll spell it out, ND, 
F R A N C I S C A N S dot org, ndfranciscans.org. Or if you go to the diocesan website and you look under the vocations tab, you will be able to find our community and uh, check there. But also, I have a phone number that we use for this registration, 701-208-1245. And that is the one that I will be using. You can call or leave a text message there or a voice message and tell me you want to register and I'll get back to you. That sounds excellent. Uh, Mother-daughter days led by uh, the Franciscans Franciscan Sisters of Dillingen, uh, Sister Jean Louise. Now, there's there's two dates. There's June 19th to the 21st, uh, which, of course, is coming up soon. And then your second date of July 21st to the 23rd. Are those the only two Mother-Daughter Days happening this summer? Yes, those are the two this summer. The June one starts on a Sunday evening and goes until Tuesday noon. And the July one starts on a Thursday evening and uh, goes in through... Uh, Till noon on the on um, Saturday. And so there's still time to be at home with your family and come after that. When we were talking briefly on the break, sister, you mentioned that um, we are you already have some families that are signed up for both of them. So registration yes, is open for both of them. Right. Um, we and have 19 signed up for each one. Say that again, sister. And we we have 19 people signed up for each one. And we usually cap it at 35 or so. So uh, if you want to come, sign up early. Excellent. Um, and do, do they need to be from North Dakota to come? You mentioned diocesan websites, so Diocese of Fargo, Diocese of Bismarck, but do they need to be from North Dakota to attend? No. No, we have a number from um, who come to us from uh, Minnesota, from various dioceses in Minnesota, and we've sure. even had some from South Dakota come. So. You're welcome to come. Well, Sister Jean Louise, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. And for any mother, daughters, uh, mothers maybe particularly looking for this, uh, for their daughter or for young women looking, the number to call to register is 701-208-1245. Sister Jean, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, a pleasure. Thank you, Mark. And I look forward to the next time that we get to have you on Real Presence Live. God bless you. Um, God bless you. Thank you. We'll take a break here. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking with Molly Bai, discussing how the Lord uh, led her to her journey to youth ministry. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.